0: I read that these markings represent the elements. And in this culture, everyone is born with one. Like the star sign? Okay, we need to know where we are, how we got here, and how we're getting back. You are in the grove of the Earth element. We are in tune with the music of creation. We can manipulate nature, heal others. In this forest is
1: safe. We're all going to die out here. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 275. Out now in cinemas across Australia is The Legend of the Five, a fantasy adventure that follows a diverse group of five teenagers who are transported to a faraway land where they must battle against an assortment of sorcerers and beasts to save the world. Joining me on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is the director of The Legend of the Five, Joanne Samuel. Joanne, I thank you very much for joining me on the show.
0: My pleasure, Matthew. My pleasure.
1: So we are living, as a lot of people have said, in unprecedented times. And in regards to the film industry your film in particular um it has some has some historical um significance since it's, it's going to be the first australian film to be in australian cinemas since cinemas essentially shut down due to covid but your film was actually supposed to be released in may during that time between may and and last thursday when the film was released what type of emotions were you going through? This is a movie that you've been working on for quite a while. You put in a lot of investment, a lot of time. Um, were you even certain whether this film was going to see cinemas this year?
0: No, we weren't at all. Um, like everybody else, we didn't know what was going to happen. It was, uh, I guess, within the film industry, you're used to these sort of disappointments from time to time. You think, oh, you can work very hard and then. All of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from under you. But, um, yeah, we weren't sure what was going to happen. And we had worked really hard um, to get the the product out and ready to go. But, uh, yeah, it it seems that we're blessed in a way because uh, we are now in cinemas. And I'm hoping that we get a nice long run in cinemas because we are the first Um, Australian film back in cinemas after this incredible time we've been living through
1: and um, there is Mm. definitely a thirst out there for cinema goers to go back into their local or or multiplexes and uh, watch films especially Australian films as well Um, and I just wanted to just get to the, the making of your movie I mean yeah, it's really interesting because a lot of films that deal with similar sort of uh, films of uh, themes or filmmaking are usually based on a different source material, whether it be books or comic books. Um, the Legend of the Five is an original story, um, so I'm just curious. What, the, con- the concept for the film, how was that? Um, how did that come about? How was the Legend of the Five born? What was the first kind of ideas that manifested itself? Uh, well,
0: the first idea was that we we wanted to make film. Um, the next idea is that I love the genre, I love family genre, I, um, I love kids movies and then my son produced it along with another awesome um, R.E.P., Tanya Esposito um, and he sat down and looked at the market and looked at what the best thing for the market was, where we would find an audience because I think it's really important to find that audience to, there's no point in making something if you don't get it in front of people and market the market research that we did showed that this was the sort of film that an audience would like to see so Jesse came up with the vision Jesse Ahern he uh, is my son and was the producer on the movie. Um, and then Pete McLeod and Jesse and myself w- uh, got together and we worked on the script. So then we uh, went into pre production late 2018 and uh, rolled cameras in October on it. But it, um, it was really based on the fact that we wanted an audience and I think that this style, this genre is very marketable.
1: Peter McLeod, his background, um, a lot of his work is in um, uh, is is as a graphic novelist. That type of visual yeah. um, storytelling. How did that help in regards to trying to put together ideas on page? Um, because the movie in itself is a very visually driven movie, as most uh, fantasy adventure movies are.
0: Yeah, that's right. And Pete is really, really good at that. And he's also really good at understanding that that age of young person as well he works with me we i run a youth theater in the blue mountains and pete works with me on the on a film class and the kids he understands really well where they're at you know this was an age-old story set in a, a in a magical land but it's modern these kids are modern and they're dealing with modern things as well pete's really good at that he's he really understands where they're at as a as a generation did
1: was there any type of like a visual kind of storyboarding or anything like that in regards to how you wanted the film to look like while you were working on the script as well?
0: uh not while we were working on the script um I think we communicated really well with that in the beginning, but once we were in pre production then yes, you know, and it was like you want that comic book feel about it a little bit, you know that kids love. They love that style. And the cinematographer, Kaz Dixon, Kazmir Dixon, he he really understood that too. Um, he really en- enjoys that style of shooting as well. Yeah.
1: The Five in the title of The Legend of the Five are a diverse group of characters and they're played by a diverse group of actors. I wanted to talk particularly yep. about um, Laura Esposito. She plays the role of Zoe, who's very much the face of the Sorry. movie. Yeah, When you look at the the key art, she's very much in front. She's the the one person looking back at the audience. She's very much the guide um, of of, of the film. Um, How much did you know about Lauren beforehand? Have you seen her work beforehand? And how did you know that she would be the one to lead the film as Zoe?
0: Well, I did know of her work. I had seen it. She's such a wonderful, hard-working young actor. um, And she's extremely talented um she's got perfect american accent we need, and we really wanted to have a perfect american accent for that particular role that she just has that look and that quality um to play the part of zoe um and um i hadn't met her previous to it but i had did know of her work and know of her um, she's been back in Australia since five to do another film as well. Um, but then, of course, COVID shut everybody down and mm. she's stuck in L.A. But, um, no, but she is an awesome, awesome young actor, somebody to really look out for.
1: You yep. mentioned before you have a, um, a drama um, school in the Blue Mountains. It's called the Three Sisters Youth Theatre. Um, that's when Working with young talent um, for a film that's targeted to a young demographic, um, how do you approach that in regards to a filmmaker as opposed to working with older yeah. talent, for example? Is it different kind of ways to approach the material or is it very much the same?
0: Oh, it's very much the same. Well, the kids I've worked with, I've worked with for a long, long time. I've been running youth theatre for about six years now and the kids have grown up with me. Um, it's, it's pretty well much the same, the way you, you talk to them and, and bring out the script, the way you um, look at the story and character and develop that character. I find that actually young people can be a little bit more open than sometimes adults and older actors that have been doing it. They've got their ways of doing things. But I find with the young people, they're just really open to listen and to take direction. Um, the kids in my youth theatre go off. I've got uh, one of them's in NIDA, another one in afters, another one at UTS doing film and communications. They're really keen and they work hard and they open themselves up to direction and to listening. They understand that it's a learning curve and they're need- needing to to work things out with a director. So I actually find it a little bit easier to work with kids. Um, I know that old adage, "Don't work with kids or animals," mm. but um, my, but I find that um, my kids at theatre are are actually really. Some of them are really going to be stars and just do great things. I know that.
1: When it yeah. comes to a film like like The Legend of the Five, so much of it. The success of it has to depend on the world, the world building of it, and I think we're really yeah. lucky in Australia because we have natural lo- location, a resource which is these natural locations that can seem otherworldly to like out outside eyes, and even even people in Australia too. I'm sure there are, you would have done some scouting across Australia and New South Wales and seen places you've never seen before. Um, when yeah. it comes to this film, um, you worked in the Blue Mountains, which is, which is kind of like your backyard there, um, Wollongong, Bathurst It's my backyard um, When it yep. came to choosing those locations um, were you kind of surprised at what you were able to find? Were there places in the Blue Mountains, for example which you lived, you've maybe never seen before, or never seen the, maybe the cinematic quality and were really surprised at how it came across on screen?
0: Um, I've lived in the mountains for a long time and there's not much that i don't know about the locations around the place there's some places that i haven't been to but then to take a cast and um some crew into some of these locations you is quite difficult so you have to know where you're going and know what you want and get in there and get the shots and then get out again because mm-hmm. some of these places are quite difficult to get to that little travel sequence that um, you see in the in the film where they go in front of the waterfall yeah. at Wentworth Falls, Bridal Falls, and a few other places that they went to. They took skeleton crew down and just did some travel shots with them. There's, uh Nick Ahern that did um, the B-cam stuff and the steady cam stuff. Um, he's lived up here a long time and knows exactly where to go to get those shots. Um, and then, of course, there was out at Mount Wilson which is just absolutely gorgeous. The Cathedral of Ferns, that place is really, really beautiful and so easy to shoot out there. Know that you've done very few sound problems. It's very quiet. Trying to shoot in Sydney or big cities is always, sound is always a bit of a difficulty, but up here in the mountains as well, the sound was just so much easier to shoot. Uh, But it's just... So many areas here, so many beautiful areas in the mountains and different types of um, landscapes, like a hard rock or waterfalls or ferns or softness. So um, you've got such a choice. And you're right, it is a character. the The place for our film was definitely a character that needed to be alive. And I think that the Blue Mountains... Gave us so much more production value because of the beauty of it and the grandeur of it. It's a it's a very special place.
1: Having lived in the in the mountains for so long, um, did you ever like go for a walk or go for like uh, a trip and see different places and kind of earmark them and think to yourself, "Oh, you know what? If I ever make a movie, I think that'll be a great place to do stuff there." Did you have locations like that already in mind even when writing the script? Oh,
0: sure. absolutely, yes um there's places that I'd like you know you want to keep secret too that mm-hmm. you don't, too many people know about but there's not many places like that up here anymore where most people know about all the good spots now um so yeah no absolutely there's um, a couple of spots that I'd like to film in that I know are just so beautiful that we haven't filmed in yet so maybe when we do the next one that would be great
1: and there is Mm. not to give away too much there is possibility there of another but I don't want to give away too much of anyone who hasn't seen it as yet Um, the the other aspect of making a big world kind of like movie like this um, is the visual effects challenge and I've talked to Many independent filmmakers in Australia make many genre films, um, and that's always been a challenge for them because when you deal with big world films and you have a low budget, you have to get creative with stuff. When it comes to this film um, and the visual effects um, that you use for the movie, um, how did you go about researching which visual effects houses you know that will be right for the film? Did you have... Um, uh, people already email as uh, certain companies in mind. Did you have to do some research? How did it go about finding the right visual effects companies for this movie?
0: Ah, uh, well, that was um, that was Jesse's domain. That was his department. The special effects. We had there is um, a special effects guy up here that I know really well, Tom Taylor. He was our on set um, effects guy, um, and he really led us. Um, along that path and then Jesse did a lot of the research himself and then um, we got people in and with Tom and we worked through the special effects that way Um, that was quite difficult for me as a director but I could trust that Jesse knew exactly where we were going with it and also Tom and then we had pre-production days where we would talk that through with green screen and um, different ways of doing things. So yeah, it was uh, really good to have Tom on set when we did those days, those big, well, they weren't actually any bigger than any other day, but just different, you know, is you've got green screen and you've got actors getting into prosthetics and that was tough too. Um, I really admired those actors that, could jump into those prosthetics early mornings in that chair for ages, and then sit around all day with stuff on your face, and um, just fantastic actors, really, really lovely. Um, Tough on them when you do those sorts of things,
1: of course. Yeah, so putting all that latex mm. and stuff on them for sure. Um, when yeah, it, when it comes to acting or directing um, performances in regards to gr- with green screen work, I mean. You're, you are an actor, acting teacher. You are a filmmaker. Um, for a lot of your scenes are based in actual locations. Your actors are reacting yeah. to the real world about them, and then you drop in a green screen or something equivalent to that. The approaches to that. What are what subtle differences do you have to make um, to make sure that uh, your actors are on key and in their roles, and they can make sure that they can react to what is essentially their imagination above all everything else.
0: Well, it's essential for an actor to have a good imagination, that's for sure. Uh, and And I think you just need to communicate very clearly to them in a way, and you need to understand each actor and what's the best way to communicate to them what is exactly on the screen. But they should we we had a couple of really good script readings as well with them, so they understood exactly what it was that they were reacting to. And then, of course, sometimes it's just the physicality that they have to get right, yeah. which is a technical thing. Um, and and if they're good as actors, which these guys were fantastic, then they can do that. They're directable. They understand the process. Because so much of our world is that now, isn't it? It's, you know, the our fantasy is really big and... Lots of um, really lovely fantasy scripts out there, so they 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 know what it is that they need to be doing. but it's just up to the up to me to go right. Well, this is what's hap- happening on the green screen. This is what you're reacting to, and to make sure that they're giving you what you want. Um, and uh, I have to say, they're they're really really good, and they work very very hard. And a lot of it was. Uh, The green screen was um, other um, uh, places, locations that Mm -hmm. we weren't in but needed to change the location on that as well. So reacting to a different location, reacting to something that's happening to you. I don't want to give too uh, too much of it away either. Um, Yeah, so uh, they were great, I have to say of the actors work hard and they are passionate and they're so happy to be working you know
1: you've been in the industry for a long time you were there when um uh um, you were there for the first mad max movie you were in that movie you're doing this film now when you're looking at the advances of film technology um and i think more than the visual effects i think the thing that's really stunned me over the years is how cameras have managed to get smaller and smaller and smaller and you could do more things Mm. with it you do things with digital i'm sure all the way back then in 1979 when you were filming mad max the cameras then would have been gigantic and huge and now you're working with i'm sure much smaller um and much more um efficient uh um, cameras now um that type of um Innovation and technology. Um, does this even surprise you? Um, how far we, we've came in, we've we've come in managing to shoot films on such smaller equipment.
0: Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? And uh, like I look at my, my students and they can what they can do with an iPhone <laughs> amazes me. You know, they can. We we work with them a lot using just an iPhone. Use what's at hand. I, mean, I got shots of me when I, I did a lot of television back in the seventies the and eighties as well and those cameras in the studio were as big as a little car. You'd sit on them and everything was so big. You couldn't shoot Mad Max now the way we shot Mad Max one. We everything was real, there was no green screens, it was the actual speeds. Everybody Grant Page the stuntman put the car through um, other cars and did what he did. That was all for real. And so the, the decibels of sound we recorded were pretty amazing at the time. That was a real breakthrough, that movie. But I don't think you could shoot it the way we shot it now. Um, because I think the insurance would be too much. <laughs> but <laughs> excuse me. but um, yeah, the changes are amazing. It's, just incredible what you can do now. And the way we worked back then in those days was was really different. I go back to black and white television and used to shoot Matlock Police for Crawford Productions and we used to integrate. So we'd use video in the studio and then when we went outside to shoot exteriors, we'd shoot on 16 millimetre film. Mm. So, um, you know, you don't do that anymore either. It's very, very different, very different.
1: In regards to your um, directing career, um, you've done work in TV, now you have uh, film under your belt as well. Um, What's next for you? Are you looking to expand more on the world building of what The Legend of the Five has with perhaps more more movies? Are you looking to scale back and do more kind of intimate dramatic work or is it just whatever comes your way?
0: You know, I'm a working actor. I've always been a working actor and I love to work in the industry and that's why I decided to actually direct it's something that I always felt that I needed to do I'd love to continue to direct films um, but I do love ensemble work with actors I think that's such a joy to work with a, a group of really good actors for a drama as well. It's a couple of scripts that I've been looking at but I'm not exactly sure yet which way to go um, but I know I definitely want to continue to direct and I um, uh, I'll direct, really, whatever comes my way if I believe in it and can have a vision for it. Yeah. I think it's important to say yes sometimes to things, you know.
1: So everyone out there, make sure you also say yes to the Legend of the Five out now in Australian cinemas. Um, perfect timing for school holidays as well, Joanne.
0: Yes. yes. Look, if people want to know where to go to see it, you can go to filminc.com.au. They're our distributors. Filming slash the Legend of the Fives. Make sure, and they'll give you all the um, the list of all the cinemas where you can go and see it.
1: Make sure everyone out there checks out the Legend of the Five. Support Australian film and Australian filmmakers. Joanne Samuel, I thank you very much for your time today, and congratulations with your
0: film. Thank you so so much, Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.